On Sunday nights, we are in a series called Walking in Wisdom. And the, as we look at Proverbs, what we're going to do in January is kind of establish this foundation of what wisdom is all about, what the scriptures say about all of that. And then we're going to uh, branch out each, I don't know exactly how long, but we're, we're going to approach this from a topical nature. If you were in with us for any Sunday night series, we normally just go methodically through the text, and that's not always going to work in Proverbs, because Proverbs has a lot of repetition and a lot of subjects that are covered again and again. So rather than repeating and repeating and repeating, we're going to kind of group them topically. They'll still be all textual, but we're just going to take all the Proverbs pertaining to that subject, talk about those uh, as we go. So, have you ever had someone ask you for advice? They, they call you, maybe they text you, uh, they ask you to go out for coffee. If, if you're friends with Cynthia Fish, that'd be a good thing to, to say. Let's go get some coffee, or maybe she'll invite you over. And uh, they say, I need some help. I need some, I don't know what to do. You say, well, well tell me what, what troubles you. And they proceed to tell you the whole situation, <clears throat> and you listen and you think about it, and, and you come about it from a godly perspective, and you're trying to think, well, what, what would God want me to say here? And trying to do all the thing, and you listen intently, and they say, now, what do you think I should do? And you think about it, and you ask for the Spirit's guidance, and you begin to give them what your perception of what they told you is, uh, and give them your advice. And you try to do it thoughtfully, and, and it logically, and if I were you, here is what I would do. And they listen intently, and maybe they ask a question or two, and they say, thank you for that advice, and they, they promptly get up and do none of it. Ever had that experience? Someone asks you for advice, they ask you for your insights, and they listen, but they, they don't pay attention. Multiply that times uh, seven billion or so, uh, and now you have an idea of what God must surely deal with in his children. He has all of his wisdom to give us, oftentimes, especially people who are seeking him sincerely, ask him for wisdom. We say, oh, Lord, if you would just, if only I knew what the Lord's will was, and here the Bible sits, closed, you know, <laughs> and uh and they ask him and they pray to him and maybe he provides guidance and counsel and, and puts a person or people in their lives to give them wisdom and, and they ignore it. You ever wonder why that is? Well, in both cases, it has to do with because they didn't respect you. In the case of asking God, they didn't fear God. Now, they might say that they respect you, but... But they don't, really. They, they took their own way, or they, they respected someone else's advice more than yours. When we talk about seeking God's wisdom, <clears throat> many people, I have no doubt, would say, oh, they, they, they read the story of Solomon as we read. Man, I, I, that's good, Solomon. And they ask God for wisdom. And God delights to give them wisdom. But they don't. They don't heed it. They don't listen to it. They don't trust. The, the, the beginning of wisdom is what we're going to talk about tonight. Where, 
wisdom starts. And so as we lay the foundation for this, I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 1, verses 1 through 7. Now, you were probably paying attention, taking diligent notes last week, and you'll recognize that part of this we covered last week. And I say, yes, that's true, but we're getting now to the verse that really lays the foundation not just for the sermon or the series, but the entire book. Proverbs chapter 1, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Where wisdom starts as we begin the study of Proverbs is with the fear of the Lord. But fools despise wisdom. And we're going to talk about what it means to be wise, what it means to be a fool. Wisdom starts with F. It starts with the word fear. If you want wisdom, if you're ready to accept instruction, if you aspire to acquire better understanding, if you would like to develop your discernment and discretion, if you would love to learn, you're ready to develop discernment, if you're going after guidance, if you yearn for understanding, and not everyone does, then you must do this one thing. You must fear the Lord. Fear, I've talked about it from this pulpit before, is a loving reverence for God that assumes and includes submission to his lordship and commands. I'll say it again. A fear for the Lord is a loving reverence for God that assumes and includes his submission, uh, includes submission to his lordship and his commands. <clears throat> Holy fear is the foundation for wisdom. You cannot have holy fear, uh, wisdom without holy fear. And so we, we need to understand the difference between wisdom and being smart. Wisdom and intelligence. Right now, if I were to tell you that Apple was a trillion dollar company, there are those of you who would say, I'm not sure I agree with that. You, you take the prayer posture, you know, make sure it looks like you're being real spiritual. You pull out your phone and you go to Google, and you type, what is the value of the Apple company? And you do that, and verify in a split second whether I'm right or not. It's challenging in a world of knowledge and instant intelligence to make people understand that that's not wisdom. There is a, uh, a funny website. I'm not even sure if it still exists. Uh, it's LMG 
LMGTFY, LMGTFY.com or something like that. Don't go there. I don't have verified it. Goodness. I, something like that. Now you're looking it up, aren't you? <laughs> but it, basically the initials stand for, let me Google that for you. And it, it's primarily used by people in IT who get, you know, somebody who asks them this question, and people are like, no, 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 So they just sit down and go to Google, and, and they find the answer that this person could have. So when you go to that website, it, it would show you, and it would, <laughs> it would literally open up Google and type in the thing you ask about, and then it would hit send. That was kind of funny. I like that sense of humor. Um, we have access to instantaneous information. That's, that's different than wisdom. We're not seeking more instruction or intelligence or knowledge. We're seeking wisdom. Yeah, somebody, yeah, somebody's got something going there, huh? <laughs> it's the Bible, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> speaking of intelligence and wisdom, the Bible out loud. Okay, sorry. <clears throat> focus, Levering, focus. The theme of all Proverbs is the holy fear and reverence of God is the foundation of wisdom. Got your fingers ready? Got your phones ready? Let's look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. We just read, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7, flipping over. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Okay? Be not wise in your own eyes. There's a lot of that. <laughs> um, if, you, if you like to get out the popcorn and watch people debate on Facebook, you know, eventually it gets to, well, show me your facts. Show me where you got that. Show me where you, you know, I'll give you the link right here. <laughs> That's not wisdom. That is being wise in your own eyes. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to back up just one verse, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil and pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. So when we step into wisdom, we're understanding that it's a a hatred of what is bad, what is evil, what is and isn't. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Uh, Four chapters over, Proverbs chapter 14, verse 26, 27. Proverbs 14, 26, 27. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence, and his children will have a refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may turn away from the snares of death. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and whoever has it is satisfied, rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. And then, Proverbs chapter 31, a little piece of dating advice for anyone interested. Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10, charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Solomon says, seeking a wife, 
captivated by her beauty? Good. That won't last. Seek a woman who fears the Lord, and you'll be blessed. It's not just Proverbs. We see the the idea of holy fear throughout the Holy Word. Book of Job, chapter 28, verse 28. Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to turn away from evil is understanding. The book of Psalms has a lot to say about the fear of the Lord. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. Proverbs chapter 34, verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. Those who fear him have no lack. Proverbs 111, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All those who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Proverbs, uh, excuse me, Psalm 112. Praise the Lord. This is verse 1. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. Solomon, the wise man, finished, probably one of the better known, uh, as he finishes the book of Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> he says this at the very end of the chapter, uh, of the book, and the last part of chapter, he says, uh, chapter 12, verse 13, the end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God, keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment, and with every secret thing, whether good or evil. So this idea of fear the Lord, and that that's just the beginning of the several of the scriptures that teach us to fear the Lord. Fearing the Lord does not mean moral perfection. If that were the case, then there is no one that fears the Lord. I think... The more you fear the Lord, the more you will, you will go into the straight and narrow path, the more you will uh, avoid the foolish enticements of the world and sin, but no one does it perfectly. Fear of the Lord is a process, and it's rarely linear. It doesn't always go in a straight line. In other words, I can remember sitting in the youth group, being a teenager, and I remember early on, asking God for wisdom. I wanted wisdom, partially because I thought that would make me smarter, but it wasn't instantaneous transformation. If you seek wisdom, you have to have a heart that sincerely fears the Lord. <clears throat> Secondly, it's not human fear. It's holy fear. And those, those are two different things. Now, it is true, when Isaiah goes into the presence of God, he is overcome with what I would be believe would be aptly described as holy fear. And I think there is part of it when you really let your mind sink into the majesty and the power and the strength and the might and the eternal nature of God, you should feel a little bit of fear. But largely when the scriptures talk about the idea of holy fear, it's in a choice. It's in a and it's a desire to be wise, and it's a direction of living. People sin more often than not because they lack holy fear. Churches 
refuse to preach some parts of the Bible because they lack holy fear. And they'd rather have uh, attract a large crowd and have uh, plenty of wealth in the coffers. People, cities, nations, churches go astray because they lack holy fear. With the nation of Israel, when God would tell them, this is what I want you to do. Uh, The 12 spies is a good example. He said, I want you to go into the land. I want you to spy it out. And I want you to take the land. They They didn't follow that instruction. They went in. They spied out the land. They said, it's too big. We can't do it. They were, they were full of human fear, at least the ten spies, minus Joshua and Caleb. Those ten spies were full of human fear. They were not full of holy fear. Fear of the Lord will lead us to God's promises and in doing what's right. <clears throat> the best New Testament verse I can think of, and when Jesus talked about this, is Matthew chapter 10, verse 28. If you care to follow along, please do. Matthew 10, verse 28. I'll give you a little bit of context by reading two verses earlier. Proverbs 10, verse 26. So, have no fear of them. He's speaking to his disciples. For nothing is covered that will not be revealed, or hidden that will, be not, that will not be known. For I tell you in the dark, what I tell you in the dark, say in the light. What you hear whispered, proclaim in the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That was holy fear. Jesus is saying, don't, don't worry about what human beings will do to you. <laughs> if you're with me, you, you need not fear. But fear him who can cast soul and body into hell. Holy fear, see, is not an option. <clears throat> holy fear is the first step in the journey to understanding. You can grow in knowledge with education. You can learn more than you know now by increasing your education. I point to you because most of you haven't graduated yet. You're close to it, a few months maybe, some of you. But, but you can learn more if you decide to take, you know, go to trade school or if you decide to go to college. And, and if you go to college, you can earn your bachelor's degree. But if you, just, if you want to, if you want to further your, your knowledge, you can get a master's degree. And some of you may go on to get a doctorate. You can increase education, uh, knowledge with education. You can grow in your wealth with work. If you work hard and you work harder and harder, you can increase in your wealth. You can grow in influence with success. When you're successful, when you do something that is successful, whether as a husband or a wife, whether as a dad or a mom, Uh, whether you are in business, uh, in your relationships, any area of life, when you you show that you've been successful, you have more opportunities to be influential. You can grow in maturity with time. Uh, Back in the ancient years, when I was in youth ministry, sometimes I would have a young parent that would desire for their child to be in the youth group. 
Their child was like 10 or 11 years old. And they would make the case, lay it all out before me, of why they were ready for the youth group. They were, they were schooling, they were at the educational level of a 7th grader, they thought they should be there. And I would have to gently but firmly say, no. Your child, no doubt, is brilliant, but they're not mature. They're not ready. Maturity is not something you can rush. It takes time. You grow in maturity over time. That's the only way that I know to do it. Time and and a wise heart. There are some old people who are fools. (laughs) Don't misunderstand. But maturity takes time. But you can only grow in wisdom with God. It's the only way to do it. Truly wise people have the fear of the Lord. The fear which is holy fear and reverence of God. Now, the Proverbs points to someone who do not have the fear and reverence of God. The Bible word for such a person is the fool. The fool, when I used to read about the fool in Proverbs and the other wisdom literature, I used to think, well, a fool is someone who is unintelligent. A fool is someone who is ungifted. Stupid, a moron, an uninfluential person. But foolish people can be very intelligent, super talented, highly respected, and overwhelmingly influential. You can have all of those things and still be a fool. A fool is a godless, according to wisdom literature, a fool is a godless morally deficient person. What we mean by morally proficient, deficient is not that they, again, it's not moral perfection here we're looking at, saying they have no guide. They have no compass. They have no, they have no morality. They have no standard. We talked this morning about tape measures. They have no standard for their morality. It's very much pragmatic. A fool lacks the fear of God in his heart. There are some famous fools. Ted Turner, there were some intelligent fools, the late Christopher Hitchens, brilliant, an atheist. There were some rich fools, Sir Richard Branson, founder of Virgin. There were some famous fools, Daniel Radcliffe, if you're a Harry Potter fan, or Ian McClellan, if you're a Lord of the Rings fan, Gandalf. Some influential fools, Andy Rooney, Penn Jillette. There are some people well-known for their work and their talent. James Cameron, Catherine Hepburn, and Anne Rand, Stephen Hawking, and Richard Dawkins. Uh, People intelligent, influential, knowledgeable, even very funny. uh, uh, Ricky Gervais, if I always pronounce that correct, founder of the British version of The Office. Super funny guy, but godless. A fool, according to the scriptures. So when you read a fool, don't just read, oh, that's someone who's stupid and unintelligent. No, fools can be all of those things. Scripturally speaking, those people that I listed are fools because they're godless. They have no fear of God in their hearts. We, if we're not careful, can be fools. 
When you fear the Lord, you acknowledge a greater authority. You humble your haughtiness to one who is greater than you. You realize how small you are. And you align your actions to him. Think about this. I picked some out of Proverbs. Proverbs says, if you gossip, you're a fool. You lack holy fear. Proverbs says, if you don't discipline your children, you're a fool. You lack holy fear. Proverbs says, if you're a hothead, you're a fool. You lack holy fear. Proverbs says, if you're sexually immoral, you're a fool. You do not revere God. Proverbs says, if you're lazy, you're a fool. That comes from a foolish heart. Proverbs says, if you disobey your parents, you're a fool. Proverbs says, if you're crooked in your business dealings, you're foolish. In other words, may we understand that wisdom and all wise behaviors thereafter begin in the holy fear and reverence God. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 19, Wisdom is proved right by her actions. If we will fear the Lord and look at Proverbs and the wisdom literature with a sincere desire to do what God asks us to do, that is the heart of the wise. If we will humble ourselves and say, I don't have all the answers. I'm a limited human being with a finite mind, but I want to understand and I want to live a life that's pleasing to God. There in begins a heart, begins a life of wisdom. In other words, when you fear the Lord, it shows. It shows in how you live and in how you walk. So, that's where we come to now. Uh, in just a moment, we'll have uh, the final prayer and uh, after, the, after the invitation song. And um, then those of us who wish to share and, and converse about what God has been teaching you this week in Proverbs, I'd love to hear from you. And we'll moderate that discussion. So after the final amen, if you intend to be a part of the fireside chat or if anything that was said tonight spurs you have something to say about that uh, please join us in the fireside chat <clears throat> in the fireside room for the fireside chat and uh, if you don't plan to join us this sunday join us next sunday as we walk in wisdom together jesus said do not fear those who can kill the body but fear him who can throw both soul and body into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. As we close tonight, and we're speaking about wisdom, may you understand that the wisest thing you'll ever do is to fear the Lord, to prepare for the day when you step into eternity. All of those people that I mentioned the list of fools. They have the opportunity to, well, aside from a few. Uh, but I can guarantee you, 
Christopher Hitchens is no longer an atheist. He knows. He knows now. You and I have the opportunity before that moment to bend our knee and our will and our hearts and our lives to an almighty, wise God. That, the scripture says, is the beginning of wisdom. If you need to bow your knee, confess with your tongue that Jesus is Lord and be put, on, uh, put him on in baptism for the forgiveness of your sins, please do that tonight. That is, in my estimation, the wisest decision you'll ever make here in this world. If you haven't done that, I would encourage you to meet me down front. And we'll help you and, and begin tonight with all the other things got going. We'll be glad to do that even still. But if you have done that and you've begun drifting away, you've been living a life of a fool, and you need to repent, you need us to pray for you, you need us to help you in some public way, uh, meet me down front and we'll do our best to help you in whatever way we can. Tonight, if you do have a need of this congregation or of this body, Won't you come as together we stand and sing?